0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: Welcome to We Are Libertarians Daily. I'm your host, Sarah Brady Wagner, here with my co-host, Hody Johns.
0: Hi.
1: (laughs) Today, we are going to talk about modern monetary theory. So we all know and love the Federal Reserve. And this is really the way that our money system works. Based on the Federal Reserve and um, sovereign currencies in general, so we're going to really dive into that and try and give a kind of an overview of a very complex uh, system of understanding how how our money even has value today.
0: It's so hard to go about it on in podcast format or even in any type of audio, audio format because in all economic systems there's all kinds of equations, but. It's very easy to make it basic. I was very impressed by uh, you know, Thomas Sowell has has a book called Basic Economics that he updates every so often. And he makes a point to recognize that economics is not necessarily currency and you don't need graphs and equations because all it is talking about is how we exchange goods and how we value those goods. And I, so I
1: always think it's funny you can joke if you want to piss off an economist, you remind them it's a soft science.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, yeah. Only the real, the real mathematicians are using, using graphs. You guys are just, uh, j- just more philosophers. Uh, that is a good way to irritate.
1: So economics is really just boils down to uh, an exchange between individual actors um, in a society, and those actors are sometimes individual people, sometimes uh, companies. But in this case, we're all bound together by one shared um, currency, which for the United States is U.S. dollars.
0: Dollars so, and cents.
1: So why why does our money have value, Hody?
0: Uh, well, we are a fiat currency, which is one of those small but complicated words. It's a four-letter F word uh, to, to all libertarians. And uh, it, it actually doesn't. And it is, we've been using funny money for a while. And all that means is that our currency is only valued by the value that we give it. Now, you may know pre-gold standard theoretically, you could take your dollar bill and turn it in for gold. However, I, uh, being the ever-thinking economist, kind of think of that as really we only give gold the value that we ascribe to it as well. So it's hard to imagine a currency that isn't some type of fiat currency, if that makes sense to you.
1: It does to Mickey. I mean, time that we say something has value, it's only worth how much you can get from it, how much you can get from somebody else. So we can say, you know, peg... uh, There are uh, economies that have actually pegged the value of their money to milk. Um, The idea just being you want something that you can guarantee everybody's always going to want. With fiat systems, that just means everybody's going to want dollars.
0: Or at least that's what we hope. And so part of that is buying into it, which is really the most difficult hurdle to modern monetary theory for me, is, is saying, boy, we hope you still value this. So...
1: Well to me this is the answer to the age old libertarian question of um why do we pay taxes. You know the the answer we hear a lot is you pay taxes is the price you pay to live in a civilized society. And my understanding of modern monetary theory leads me to the conclusion that taxes are the price that we pay for using dollars. Because under mon- modern monetary theory or MMT just shortened going forward um that's really one of the main functions that taxation serves is when you pay your taxes to the United States government, you have to use dollars. Even if you earn your money at a different currency, uh, even if it's now through Bitcoin, you still have to then um, turn those into dollars by whatever exchange rate you're able to get. And you have to pay your taxes in dollars, which allows the United States government two very important functions, the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Mint. Um, together are able to issue currency and taxes are able to take that money out of the system. So as much as we think of uh, budgets as like a ledger, where you've got money coming in and you've got money going out, the thing we have to remember with modern monetary is it's not a flat ledger anymore. That in between taking money out of the system and putting money into the system, um, there are a lot of Equations and um, balancing that goes on there, because your goal is not necessarily to have perfect one for one balance. That would just maintain the money supply, um, and wouldn't necessarily stimulate the economy in the way that modern monetary policy tries to.
0: Right, and the so here is the jump for modern monetary theory is what we the system we're under currently is we have a national income identity. Equation. And the identity is a lot like gender identity in that you can identify yourself. You say, this is how we value this. This is how we value that. And so, what we did when we got off of the gold standard, and a lot of other countries did this at the same time as well. And there's a reason for that. Uh, But let me tell you what the equation is now. Basically, our GDP, which is our total stuff. That's what I always think about. When people think about money, like I have a lot of money, we really don't care about money. I mean, dollar bills are paper, right? But what we care about is the stuff that we get from money. So, under our current equation and pre-MMT equation, we say the GDP equals basically all spending, consumer spending, government spending, investments, and our net exports. And so that just makes sense when you say, well our stuff is equal to the amount that we spent. Now that doesn't actually balance how like so before in a gold standard equation, we gave the value to the dollar. You'll notice values aren't actually in the equation anymore. The only way we're actually limited into like inflating or over inflating the system is by other countries saying, uh, I don't think your stuff is actually worth seven million dollars. Your loaves of bread are actually worth seven million dollars, and that's how you'll see uh, them really hurt themselves. Uh, modern monetary theory, MMt changes that identity equation. So you it becomes government spending minus taxes equals savings minus investments and minus net exports. So then suddenly, the way the dollar is balanced, the way your stuff is balanced, GDP is gone. It's not even in the equation anymore. It's just saying the government stuff that it spends is equal to the stuff that the people have and the stuff that they spend on. And that's how an MMT economist balances the new money system, which enables us to print and create deficits and not be worried about deficits. Yeah.
1: So under this system, um, there's really no reason to worry about deficits because the only thing that could, um, I mean, there's no real idea of a bad fallout that could come from that. Now, that's not necessarily saying that that is, you know, the the truth. That's kind of one of the difficult things when you're discussing economic theories. Um, again, being a soft science, there's not a whole lot you can necessarily prove. You, I mean, that's not how science works. You can't prove anything. You can only disprove things. So um, this is the main reason why you have, especially on the left, um, it's really popular among progressives. Um, MMT is why we don't have to worry about the deficit, why it's silly that people on the right are um, you know, worried about the national debt at all, because according to this theory, it, it wouldn't matter uh because the government's budget is not limited by taxation it's only limited by how much it wants to spend
0: right and so you you, you kind of get the have your cake eat it too bit i'm i am describing it as unbiased as we can we'll get into our opinions i'm sure in a few minutes here on mmt But I'm just trying to, you know, create like the groundwork so that people understand MMT, where they're coming from. It's different than Keynesian economics because Keynesian economics works in our current system, pre-MMT, to say our debts aren't that big a deal. Because if you run up a credit card debt, unlike a credit card where you have to pay it in your lifetime, it gets passed on to your kids. And so as long as you don't inflate that credit card debt more than the population grows, you're going to be okay. So that's kind of the Keynesian way of saying that uh, that debt is okay or deficits Whereas are okay.
1: under MMT, the big concern would be runaway inflation. So uh, the biggest worry would actually be that you would destroy your currency, in which case, theoretically, you could throw it away and create a new one because it's a fiat currency.
0: Right. And you can throw off the the whole reason we have these income identity equations is to keep it. There's supposed to be a way to keep you honest, to keep your economy honest, but to say, hey, other countries, don't worry about our, our dollar because here's how we're keeping it all in check and all in balance. Otherwise, people sell your debt. They don't do business with you. So it's really a way Not it's a macroeconomic and it's an international macroeconomic for us to describe how we how we keep our our dollars in check, how we keep them balanced, how we make sure we don't overspend, underspend, how we can't just build a theme park in everybody's backyard and say, oh, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. The income identity equation says, here's how we're making sure that our resources balance with our spending.
1: So, um. So, how does this uh, work to people's advantage? What, are, what is what is the um, good outcome of this theory that leads us to that has led economists then to say, you know, this is the way I think that our money system is working, um, and this is the outcome of that.
0: Sure. So, I think the biggest benefit. In my opinion, and I'm going to turn around and ask you that same question. I think the big biggest benefit from what I have read of it is that the government and and this may even appeal to some libertarians, although I will get to later why definitely not all libertarians, but the government is actually limited to spending only 50% of what you're able to spend. And now that is a very expansive government compared to what we have now. Our government does not spend 50% of what we currently spend. So it would be a greater chunk. However, there's nothing under a central banking federal system that stops the government from spending a hundred percent of the money it creates right now. And so if we balance this way, we have to say, our people are in charge of spending 50% and our government's in charge of spending 50% as well. Um, It simplifies taxes a little bit because you can say, like the equation is the government spending minus taxes on the other side. Well, you can even make those taxes pretty close to zero and just run deficits because it's not really a matter of trying to get those back. You only have to get taxes. Uh, Let's see, the number you have to subtract is uh, investments and exports. So taxes would become very low. It's just the government's keeping more of your money than what you're used to getting. So that's kind of, and the idea there is that, well, I shouldn't say the idea. The benefit to the question that you asked is that the government then can spend more and do more as well as be balanced by the people knowing how much they're going to be able to spend and receive as well. So yeah, same question, back to you.
1: So what I like about MMT is, um, one, it requires you to really kind of take a different mindset on um, how you're thinking of our economy and the, the balances. But it also leads to you to realize that there are some ways that we are still functioning within our economy and treating it like we're working off of um, you know, a hard currency, something that's pegged to, something that's finite, whereas we're, we're not. So one thing that's been brought up by uh, MMT enthusiasts is that under our current system, uh, the Federal Reserve is responsible for issuing currency. Yeah. But that the Federal Reserve is not necessarily um, critically required to maintain the system. And that right now, the way that the government injects money into uh, the economy and into just circulation is um, both through printing money. But more than that, it's through spending money. It's through uh, government programs and output that, you know, anytime the government pays a bill, that's the government putting money into the uh, into circulation. Theoretically, you could set up a system that would actually allow, um, that would issue that money directly to individuals and allow them to then inject it into the system, uh, which would create the basis for a UBI without, it's not that it wouldn't necessarily increase taxation. But again, it's thinking of taxation in a different way in that they're not um, taking money from you, but that this is necessary in order to keep our current money system uh, viable. So you know you can go with money in one direction of Bitcoin, where you're trying to have uh, it to have a finite value again, or you can go in this other direction, which is MMT, where you can say, okay, well, we're not working with a finite currency anymore. So how can we create and um, wrap our capitalist system around it in a way that still allows for individuals to have maximum freedom?
0: And that point you just made is key that right now we're so used to, And for me, who's lived my, I've lived my entire generation, my entire life post gold standard. So it is very tough to think about sometimes as money being based on something other than GDP or other than stuff. That's how I think of money is like, it isn't a matter of stuff.
1: The government's always been able to print money.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's I, what it, it feels like. Yeah. And, I, and so when I measure stuff, I say, well, I got a dollar. That's one McDouble at McDonald's you know that that's how i measure it is is a matter of that and it's 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 a mental switch as well because we're no longer basing it on gdp we're basing it on saying the government spent this amount and i'm going to spend this amount so the next phase of this question or and and i will answer this as well what is your biggest gripe with mmt or or the the toughest hurdle that you have for it what might be the libertarian objections to it or your personal objections to it uh
1: Yeah, Um, my personal objections uh, or well, I would say first, the libertarian objection would be that it does um, essentially forces you to use dollars. So it doesn't allow flexibility within currency. It doesn't allow competition within currency. You know, even if you use Bitcoin, you have to then convert that into dollars in order to pay taxes, which you are required to pay under threat of of force. Um, You know, it's it makes taxation something that is your you're literally forcing someone to use your monetary system and that's it. Um, That to me seems like the most obvious libertarian objection, but my biggest concern with it is uh, it it seems like such a really beautifully well done house of cards that, um, you know, there's, there's very little to give any guarantee to it. You know, there's the, because there's no intrinsic value, which again, we started off, debating even the concept of intrinsic value to begin with but um if we have an issue with runaway inflation or if we have an issue where um even when it comes to other currencies because there are so many different currencies now that peg their value to the dollar yes if any one thing goes wrong it it really impacts the entire system you know you see this now with with any time we have a financial um, bubble burst or just even a blip in the markets, it impacts the entire globe because all of our financial markets are so uh, intimately intertwined because they're all just based off of faith on one each other, on one another.
0: Agreed. And, and furthermore, uh, you should check our show notes. I know I probably mm-hmm. say that every episode. But I have a list.
1: Very good this time.
0: Yes, I have a list of three different Keynesian economists, right, that are fine with accumulating debt. That all say MMT is way too extreme, way too far, and really provides no constraint for deficits and debts. And they all have written essays about why it's just too much, why it's why it wouldn't work. Now there are obviously economists, otherwise this wouldn't exist, that are in favor of MMT. So this isn't the be all end all, but we should know that this, there's even some cases, even Paul Krugman says it makes the government too big. So that should scare you a little bit when a big government guy says, oh gosh, that makes him really big, you know? And so, so I have, I have some essays from them in the, sh- in the show notes that are worth checking out um, what they say about it. As far as my own personal issue, I think the single issue is much like th- the whole thing with national income identity, is that it helps other countries say okay i believe that that keeps your dollar in check and so we will continue to do business with you and we'll continue to hold on to your debt or you know do transactions trade that type of thing this equation is not going it, there's somebody who theorized it in all these countries and almost all of them are like well if we did that other countries wouldn't value us anymore because it's not just selling it to us, because we've actually had a couple heads of the Treasury Department who have favored modern monetary theory, but but it's making everybody else's treasury at the same time saying, okay, we're good with that. We trust that your government will keep it under control and that you will balance your spending this way. Right now, GDP forces us, our stuff forces us to maintain that balance because that's the income identity everyone is using almost everyone is using nobody's hopped on MMT yet if we hop on it and we can be the only country on it that's fine but we have to sell it to other countries to say we will keep this will keep our dollar in check and make sure that everything is balanced and based on the writings of MMT theorists it's not promising that that would keep the dollar in check because they tend to promise big things in order to sell it to the population. And they aren't trying to sell it to other countries, in which case they need to sell it in a small, it's sell small promises for it instead of, instead of grandiose promises.
1: The one thing I want to say just to add to that is that, um, whenever you're talking about monetary systems, especially, uh, like I said before, it's important to remember that they're all theories. And then in this case, um, what you're talking about when you're talking about the um, national identity equations are, this is literally um, just talking about like what theory are we all going to agree that we're probably working under. So when we're talking about MMT and Keynesian economics and, um, you know, Hayekian economics, it, these are all systems where somebody says, this is the way I think things are working. And the question of, which system we're using internationally is just a system of like, okay, well, even if we're all wrong, we need to all be wrong together so that we are all working on the same standard.
0: Exactly.
1: So, you know, even if MMT is accurate and it's like, well, this is the way that your money currently works, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that anybody has to acknowledge it.
0: Yes. Everyone in our government Right now, pretty much everybody non-libertarian in the government would support an MMT. I mean, it it just, it enables the government to spend vastly more than they oh, yeah. do right now. And so it's not a matter of selling it to our Congress. They would love to do it. You have to sell it to Germany and Brazil and Panama and Russia and Australia. You know, you have to get all those guys to buy in on it together. I think that's an astute point, Sarah.
1: Well, please um, be sure to check us out on Facebook, on Discord chat. Be sure to check out WeAreLibertarians.com and get involved in all the social medias. Um, Hody, is there any last thoughts that you wanted to make sure to tell the listeners?
0: Man, I think we covered most of it. I, I would. It's you a know,
1: complex subject. It's, it's hard, like you said, it's hard to do kind of over audio.
0: It is, but I think be broad with it. I think if you need to study, don't necessarily get tangled up in particulars. Um, I think allow yourself to be creative and flexible when you think about it. Because a lot of these people who came up with this are, are dealing with things that are actually quite simple. How much are we investing? How much are we saving? How much stuff do we have? And it's easy to apply difficult words to them. But ultimately what they're dealing with is no different than what you're dealing with at a grocery store. You know, if you were trapped in a grocery store with 100 people, to say, okay, we need to split up this food. You know, based on who can cook it, who can provide it, everything like that. It's it's something that you can theorize about in your head, and that does and that makes you a valid person to study. Economics and does not at all disqualify you from it. I think a lot of people say, I don't have a master's degree in it, so I should probably butt out of the conversation. To quote Thomas Sowell again, he said, You had three ch- choices when you vote and when you study economics, and that's to be either informed, uninformed, or misinformed.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we hope that we have done everything that we can to give you good, accurate information.
0: I think we have, but I mean, that's me.
1: If we haven't, then please tell us.
0: Yeah, let us know. We're open to moderate amounts of criticism and extreme amounts of uh, compliments.
1: Well, either way, be sure to get connected and we will talk to you again soon.
0: Yep, have a good one.